The Mac Observer's Mac Geek at number 101 for Monday, April 30th, 2007. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Cab 101. I'll be your pre- professor along with John F. Braun, and we'll be taking you through it. <laughs> and, Never mind. And, and you in the back, stop that. <laughs> Pay attention, and no passing notes. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so here we are. Uh, I am back from my vacation, and back from our uh, our fun show, number 100, which was actually a lot of fun to do. I uh, hope it was as fun to listen to, and gathering from the feedback that we received, uh, I think it was, so... Feedback is now sent to feedback at macgeekgab.com, and uh, that's the right address. So send it there or be square. What if you're listening to the show here, right? Pretty square. <laughs> We're all pretty square, yeah. Pretty much uh, kind of required for entry. But it's hip to be square, right? Uh, I guess mm-hmm. so, if you're Huey. Um, was that his real name, Huey Lewis? Or was he one of those people that, that kind of made up a name like Elvis Costello, or, you know, that kind of thing? Rock I don't know. Band, though. Yeah, the the news, as it were. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I don't know why we're here. But I do know that we do have a bunch of your questions to go through. John and I could go on and talk about our, our computing experiences forever, but uh, but we do have some questions of yours to answer. I'm going to get back on uh, on track with that stuff. And uh, I had some traveling things happening interesting last week. Wow. That was a bad sentence. Oh, uh, oh let me guess. Did you fly? Uh, yeah, I flew. Oh, and there were, a, there were a couple of problems with flying. So we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little later. And, uh, and I can tell you how I hacked the TSA. That sounds a lot oh. worse than it really is. Yeah, it sounds kind of like yeah. we got to put you on a protection program. Or yeah, I'm already on one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I take these vitamins. Oh, not that kind of thing. Uh, all right, well, Anthony, if we can get to uh, Anthony's question, and, and maybe he can save us from all of this. Hey, John and Dave, this is Anthony Bossett here in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I've been a Mac user since last August, and I really do love it. Um, and I have a question regarding printing. I do a lot of black and white and um, just basic report printing, which doesn't need you know, the greatest quality. And when I go to print things, uh, when the print dialog box drops down, uh, the third choice from the top is this paper versus copies and pages. I toggle that menu and I go down to paper type and quality and then have to manually change the quality to fast draft and the color to grayscale. And that gives me the option to just print things really fast without wasting color and, and all that. Uh, but I have not found a way to set that as the default setting for all printing. I mean, every time I print something, I have to go back and, and change, you know, toggle that thing all the time. And I was just wondering if there's a way to set those defaults so I don't have to go back every time I print something and change those settings each time. I think there is. Uh, you want to take this one, John? I do think there is. If you look in the print dialog on most, I would say not all, because print dialogs sometimes vary by application, but at least I'm looking in Safari here, and I see a nice little thing called presets. And right now it says standard, but what I see here is that there's a save as selection. If you click on that presets menu, save as, and so I would imagine that whatever settings that you have set, if you say save as, that will then be a new preset. Yeah, your imagination you is can, correct. That's, that's no, I don't how know if you can default to, because uh, I, I don't use them frequently, but I don't know if you can default to a preset or if you still have to you know sludge to that menu and I'm click pretty, on it to pick something like black and white and, and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that it will default to whatever the last preset was. Um, that sounds reasonable. If I, I'm I, not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing I did notice, though, is that you have to be careful sometimes with, uh, and I've run into this, and we may do a little mini tangent here. It, it does, but, by um, the way default to the last preset used just so you know excellent okay okay i don't use them frequently but um one thing i did notice is that the so under that menu you have all these choices like copies and pages layout scheduler so so on and so forth and at least i've run into at least one situation where depending on the uh 
you know, and I, I think I, I got a new driver, which, you know, I'm stupid that way sometimes. Oh, a new driver. I have a GCC laser printer. And I distinctly remember one time when I got a new driver, and all of a sudden, one of the features that, ha that, that uh, uh, had to do with the paper handling on this, this one has a, uh, you know, top paper and also a rear uh you know, paper okay. channel if you want to print envelopes and stuff like that. And I okay. distinctly, and they call it the MP feeder. And I remember one time when I upgraded the driver, all of a sudden that disappeared as a option for, mm. for sending your output. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have, um, I've got a, a Lexmark uh, Optra what, a T410 laser printer. And it was one of those devices that uh, almost a couple of years, almost a couple of years ago now, uh, died every time the, um, the uh, the elect lightning would strike, you know, and had that cable that goes between the office and the house, and it would surge it out, and it it actually killed the Ethernet adapter on it. Uh, you know, low voltage being the the thing that usually gets whomped first, and uh, so now I have to use a USB connector, which forces me to use the GIMP drivers to get it to work even close to reliably. Uh, but the GIMP drivers and and even the 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 other drivers that it now sees through this uh, USB box that I've I've had to kind of put in the in the way there um won't do it won't do the manual feed the way i liked it and uh and all that stuff so you uh the, the drivers are key and i think you picked that up if you want to dig a little bit but it's going to be in the, when you're in the uh printer setup utility inside of your utilities folder when you do select a printer it, it'll usually uh uh say print using so when you finally find a printer in the browser or you enter it manually There'll be a print using, and I believe that's where you select the driver, so things can get. Um, and sometimes there's more than one. So I think you mentioned that um, you know there could be GIMP drivers or other, you know, I guess the ones that are bundled in OS 10. But uh, but that's the place that you select that. So uh, sometimes you may have to, you know, try one or the other until you get one that gives you the uh, the options you want. But you um, definitely do the presets. Uh, it sounds like that'll uh, that'll answer. Uh, answer the question that's a magic option yeah and if you if you wind up using manual feed often and you don't want to navigate through to the you know print using menu and and all of that you can actually make a preset for manual feed and just bounce back and forth and it's one click away so mm -hmm. just make sure as we noted uh, it will remember that setting the next time you go print so make sure you change it back to standard or whatever your default setting is so that you're not now printing again to the manual feed driver all right, Jim writes in with something very interesting. He says, uh, I asked a question before about how to quickly change my audio device settings. You recommended the Rogue Amoeba menu app, uh, which worked okay, but seemed confusing and sometimes I think led to instability. But he's not sure on that. Uh, and I think he's talking about sound. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a thing at rogueamoeba.com. Anyway, I accidentally discovered the answer I want. Perhaps you and every, everyone else already knew this, and we didn't. Uh, but on my MacBook Pro, Alt plus F3, F4, or F5 brings up sound preferences. And uh, it, it, it's true. It, it, uh, I'm not sure what, why it works this way, but, uh, but I think you noticed it on your machine, too. It's not, it's not limited to the MacBook Pro. Right, mm -hmm. John? Yes. Yes. Hello. Um, keep going. But that's it. So that I mean that that's the end of his of his note. Uh, there's also display. So, oh, it's not the end of his note. Uh, Alt F Alt F1 or F2 brings up display, and keyboard and mouse are F8 through 10. It's an easy way to get to those preferences, and uh, there you go. Oh no! Wait, no. I had a question. Sorry. <laughs> I was off researching the, uh, the the thing you were talking about, Dave. Sorry, uh, sound source. I yes. think is the, uh, the sound source. You thank you. Talking about. Yep. Okay, I was looking that up. So sorry, I was a oh, bit okay. distracted. But, That's um, all right. but here's the thing I don't get about that. Where where do you find out about these things? I, you got me. You know, and I looked, and and uh, so I'm always, you know, I salute the person who writes the help files because 99% of the people don't even know that they're there. Or look at them. But I looked for keyboard shortcuts. Uh, first, there's a keyboard shortcut topic uh, that comes up, and I didn't see any of those mentioned. And I even looked in the help for the preference pane for sound and things like that. I would think, oh, okay, you know, in the sound help, it would say, oh, by the way, you know, hit this to, you know, here's a keyboard shortcut. So I'm kind of cranky about that. That now, I think know, a, I think this is only possible on laptops, right? Is that what you found, John? Uh, I haven't tried it on my desktop machine. Okay. So Alt F2. Mm -hmm. uh, could be. <laughs> so, 
it's not working for you on the desktop, is it? Well, we were talking, what was it, Alt, F2, F3? Uh... Yeah, Alt and any of the F keys. No, I get the, the, the box sound. Yeah, okay. That's that's kind of what I thought. Huh? Yep. All right. Okay, so that could be a laptop-only Laptop-only thing. If you know how to do it on a desktop Mac, send in feedback at macgeekcab.com, 206-666-GEEK, which is... 4335. Are you sure? About but I that? couldn't even find it. Yeah, I think so. But I couldn't even find it in the keyboard shortcuts. That's the other place I was like, oh, let me look in the you know, keyboard control panel on, on my portable to see if those are there. And they're, they're not. So it's kind of a mystery how you know these. I guess you need the secret decoder ring and you, you need to have a secret handshake. and You need to have a, uh, a listener like Jim. Right in. That's, or, I mean, or you got to start it. You... Start a podcast. Wait a, almost two years, and then Jim will write in and tell you about this stuff. <laughs> or you could just sit there. I mean, some people probably have a lot of time on their hands. Just sit there and hit every key combination. Right in, if anything interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, <laughs> we do. We don't recommend that that activity. Uh, I. I do. <laughs> One of our sponsors for this show is Audio Engine, available at AudioEngineUSA.com, are Audio Engine's mm. A5 speakers. These are desktop speakers for your Mac or for your iPod or really anything that's got a headphone jack or can be converted to one. You could use them uh, with, uh, you can, heck, you could use them with your stereo. You just, uh, if, even if your stereo's got, uh, well, it needs to have lineouts because these have built in uh, amplifiers. So you do not need a, a um, uh, and wow! Look at that. I'm at a loss amp. for words. You don't need an amp. That's right. Because they've got <laughs> that other word I said. Yeah, they've got amp amplifiers built into them. They've also mm. got a USB port on the top used to charge your iPod. You can plug your iPod into the top or the back. It's got a AC outlet on the back that you could hang an Airport Express off of. And awesome. I have, I have to be careful because there's all these different Airport models now. And uh, and let me tell you, they've got two speakers in each enclosure. You can. Split them out, and they sound fantastic. John and I both uh, use them in our studio setups, and it, they sound fantastic. AudioEngineUSA.com, the A5 speakers. Check them out if you're in the market. Uh, they, check them out. I love them. They made some advances, too. Like, uh, since we had our models, they have you know nicer speaker terminals and all that, all that good stuff. Yep. It's good Constantly stuff. evolving. Constantly evolving. Yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, Ken has something to say. Hey, John and Dave. This is Ken from New Jersey. I uh, called earlier with a problem I was having with the beach ball of death. Uh, every time I got my first incoming audio or video chat session on iChat, and uh, despite your efforts and Apple's efforts, uh, I was never able to fix that problem, and I just kind of resigned myself to living with it. I know you were having it also, I believe, Dave. Uh, just to let you know, uh, in a completely unrelated matter, I uh, replaced my existing D-Link router with the new uh, iTunes uh, Express, uh, uh, base, Extreme Base, I should say, uh, and suddenly the problem went away with it. So it obviously was something that was router-related, and I just thought I'd let you know in case you uh, were interested. Thanks. Bye. Uh, yeah, I guess that's possible, um, but I, I have uh, to say so that... Go ahead. You're going to interrupt phrase me. Phrase that here? comes to mind. Yeah. Well, you know, go it's ahead. part of the show. Say it. Yeah. Go. <laughs> to me, the phrase correlation is not causality comes to mind. Wow. Well, this had, sounds pretty. You had, you know a, you had a better way of saying that before, though, when we were prepping the show, didn't you? <laughs> I don't think so. Right. Well, well, it wasn't family friendly, but uh, mm. but it, it works. That's right. No. No, it works. I mean, he he changed. He he swapped a part out, and things changed. Though it yeah. may not. Uh, I think it may not necessarily be the hardware. It could be the way the software maybe reconfigured itself for this new router. See, that's what I was and thinking. Of, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. A little lower layer that either in the IP control panel or the firewall or something. Since he went through essentially a new setup. Right. Procedure to hook up with the airport that perhaps it wasn't the device itself, but kind of a combination of the device and now using nice, friendly Apple configuration utilities. Um, Could be, yeah. Everything was just kind of put in place and, and it works. So I, so I don't think it's purely the the hardware device. No, I don't think it is. I I've experienced this problem. It's very clearly a system hang. I mean, it it just locks up. Um, but I do think that there are settings you know when because the my guess is that his d-link router had one range of ip addresses that it used in the airport the new mm -hmm. airport router has another range of ip addresses so 
like John said, the computer was forced to go through and kind of reconfigure itself. You know, it was Ken never noticed this, and and nor should he, right? I mean, this is the beauty of all this stuff; it just happens automatically. But uh, but by clearing all of that out, it uh, perhaps fixed it. I I don't know. I actually I did something similar today before I before I listened to Ken's uh, call here. I was having problems, and I noticed it last week while I was traveling. I couldn't configure in the in the default setup that I use uh, here at the office, which happened to be the one that I had when I was traveling. Uh, the default location in the network, I can't, I couldn't set the airport uh, preferred networks. I, I couldn't, th- th- that option was not changeable. And I couldn't, it didn't matter whether I was locked or unlocked with, you know, authenticated or not authenticated. There was no way I could change it. But I noticed other locations, I could change it fine. And I tried going in and deleting the airport device, which of course it automatically re-adds. Nope, same problem. I added a, a duplicate airport device. Nope, same problem. Finally, what I had to do was completely, and I couldn't actually use the duplicate button because it, it kept all the, the bogus settings, but I created a whole new profile to use here at the office. And once I did that, then I could, I could get in and, and see that whole dialogue. So, uh, whether it's related or not, I don't know. But thought that was interesting. It yeah. fights us. They fight us, John. These computers, they're always out to get us. Man versus, or woman versus machine. Right. Yeah. John Green writes, recently I was involved in a discussion with Hardcore, uh, and he uses the term ignorant, uh, PC users about surround sound <laughs> on their PCs. Great sounds while playing games and watching DVD movies. They were talking about PCI sound cards and asked if a Mac could output surround sound for movies. I was baffled, for once, as you know. With a Mac, we take cool things for granted, like 3D graphics capability, etc. But this time, I was the ignorant one. Currently, I have a Mac Pro 3 GHz dual-core Intel Xeon, and while I assume it can put out surround sound with the right speaker systems, I honestly can't state for a fact that I know how. Surround sound is something, sound is something that does not come up often in Mac conversations, I assume because it's not an issue. Is it an issue? Uh, so, yeah, and, and actually he, he writes a little bit more about this. He says, yes, Macs can be fit with 5.1 surround sound cards and even 7.1 cards, but are they necessary? Apart from the in and out mini sound jacks on my Mac also has an in and out digital sound port. What are these? I asked because until now I never paid any attention to these or the capabilities. Uh, are there surround sound speakers available on the market that feed off the Apple's core audio digital out port? Are these different from surround sound systems that PC users use? Also, on surround sound, there are different speaker setups. And it goes on to talk about uh, all sorts of stuff here. 5.1 and 7.1. Yeah, okay. So the the answer is yes. Your, your Mac Pro with its uh, digital out, it's uh, as far as I understand, and I did a little bit of research on this, but I don't have a Mac Pro to test, um, it's standard optical out. So if, for example, let's say you have a, a digital stereo receiver that has... Uh, an optical you know light pipe in you can connect just this the same cable that would go from say your your uh hd dvr or your dvd player the, the same optical cable that goes into that can go into your mac and boom at that point you should get 5.1 sound uh coming out of your mac the trick is it needs to, the the receiver that it plugs into needs to be able to decode this stuff and and of course amplify it um so, 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 that, so are you saying the data stream itself? So, so it's a five-one data stream. It's digital. Yeah, it's a digital and it, and data it stream. It contains all the information for, and I believe five is five channels or five speakers. Yeah, actually, five point one refers to a six-speaker setup. It, uh, huh. it, it's five regular speakers, if you will, and then one mm-hmm. subwoofer. That's the point one. Uh, okay, so, so all the data is in the data stream. Potentially, all the data you need to go to all of those different speakers is in this digital co- data stream. Correct. Yeah, th- okay. three speakers in front. So left, center, right, and then right rear, left rear. That's five and point one. Um, and then there, there's 6.1, which has a center rear speaker, and I believe 7.1 has... Uh, right mid and left mid, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't have Ooh. that right in front of me, but I could get there really quick. Um, now, now the interesting thing is there are two forms of 5.1. There's the analog form, which can actually be transmitted over stereo pair, but not in a normal way. I don't think you could plug that stereo pair in 
and get stereo sound out of it. But I may be again, I may be mistaken mm-hmm. on that. But um, but but no, out of the Mac Pro, it's digital. So if you've got a receiver that does it, that's that's one way. If you don't, there's a couple of products that you can uh, that that you can use. The uh, Creative, uh, what's it called? Uh, creative Labs has a has a product called the. Do you have it right there in front of you, John? I know I put it into. Oh, yeah. the, uh, I think it's the. Uh, all right. Well, I'll talk about the Logitech product then. The Logitech Z5500 has the decoder, and it has speakers with amplifiers. So for 550 bucks or 530 bucks, uh, the Logitech Z5500 is an all-in-one solution. It comes with speakers that are matched to the amplifiers and it'll decode the 5.1 out of your Mac or, or if you want, if your DVD player. And, and there you go. That, that's one option. If you've already got speakers, you can buy pretty much any digital stereo receiver, but that might be overkill. Um, for, I think, uh, 140 bucks, Creative has the DDTS100 decoder, which decodes... All of that stuff, and then outputs it in whatever way you want to uh, to your speakers. So that would be the uh, that would be the other way of, of doing it. If you okay. don't have this digital out available on your Mac, but you have a free FireWire port, the uh, Griffin's FireWave can connect to any FireWire capable Mac and become a 5.1 output source. So that's another option. <clears throat> Okay, I saw something here, Sound Blaster Live, but but they have a whole boatload of devices here. Yeah, I was I just looking at the decoders. Um, yeah. Sound Blaster Live is a card, right? Well, they have an external. Oh. Sound Blaster Live 24-bit external. It's a USB device. Huh? Uh, I bet that would work. Who knows? Yeah. have to check that out. Yeah. I found an old uh, review from our, our pal Peter over at... Uh, yeah, Macworld there, but it's kind of dated. But um, and now this is all getting way ahead of what I have, which is probably Stone Age by now. Which is basically, you remember I have this. Uh, the, so so you can get surround at least one rear channel through normal right left stereo analog signals, and that's exactly what I have in my setup. So right. you know, I got the nice, you know, I got the uh, HD TiVo and the HD TV. But what I do is I take the sound out of the HD TV and put it into this Radio Shack uh, or Archer. ancient surround decoder but it basically picks out from the analog signal right the surround signal and then i have and what i do is i only turn it on rear because i only use it to to reproduce the rear channel and then i have those two going behind me so it picks it out of the analog stream but uh i have not yet delved into the world of digital audio stream that's why i was clarifying that with you earlier because it sounds like great fun but you use what's called 3.0 sound, right? No subwoofer and only three right. speakers. Now, you've split your rear into two, but it's the same signal coming out of both. Yes. It's not stereo in the rear. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting, it, I always found it fascinating how they did that, uh, because if you listen to that stream, and most TV shows mm-hmm. are, are broadcast this way, if you listen to that stream yeah. on a, a stereo pair, it sounds mm-hmm. fine. You don't hear anything weird, and it's because they take the rear channel signal and send it out of phase. And so your surround sound decoder just looks for, okay, what's out of phase here? And whatever it mm-hmm. is, it grabs it and sends it to the rear. But if it doesn't, if, if there's no surround sound decoder, well, then it just sends it to the front and no one, no one's the wiser. So uh, that, that's how that works. But yeah, man, uh, the only reason you don't have 5.1 or more digital sound is because you've never experienced it. I, I didn't think it would make a big difference either, but it's huge. It really, really enhances things, um, having all that sound. And just the fact that it's digital and discreetly sending individual signals. Mm. It, I mean, obviously, when the sound comes out of the speakers, it's analog because our ears are analog devices. But, uh, but yeah, it sounds fantastic. Much crisper. It's a, now, it's a whole different experience. Now, I seem to recall some of the iMacs had this thing, I think, called SRS. Mm-hmm. Ever run into that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of a surround. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're long gone. But they were nice. Yeah, yeah it was SRS Tech. Yeah, that's right. They, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Smile on my Mac is is our other sponsor for this show, and their product PDF Pen is what we're talking about today. What PDF Pen is a fantastic little little piece of software. I I use it all the time to take a PDF that I need to sign, and I paste a scanned copy of my signature in and then save it back out as a PDF and boom, I'm done. I don't need to, uh, you know, print it, 
scan, sign it, scan it, or print it, sign it, fax it. I can just fax PDFs back and forth to people. It, that's the thing I use it for the most. You can also use it to combine and split PDFs. So if you've got multiple pages for multiple PDFs that you want to stitch all together in one, uh, you can, like I said, add images or text. You can, you can fill out forms and save it that way. Obviously, you can delete pages and move things around. Fantastic piece of software, uh, and I don't say that because they're a sponsor. I, I say it because I use it. PDF Pen, available from smileonmymac.com, and you can click the link in the show notes. But you don't have to. You can just go there however you like, and it works out fine. Good stuff. So this is for, because I guess, you know, Acrobat Pro does a lot of things, but it may be overkill for some applications. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Acrobat Pro would, would certainly do some of this stuff. But if you look at the uh, the pricing, I think mm -hmm. uh, I think that's that's yeah. where PDF fits in. Segmentation yep. there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on Bob. Here to Bob. Yeah. Hi, guys. Great show. Quick question. If I take a folder, I have an iDisk. If I take a to folder that's inside my iDisk and drag it to a Finder window toolbar, it works perfectly until I restart. And then while it still works, it now displays a question mark instead of the name of the folder. If I click on it, the folder icon appears, but still no name of the uh, folder. Uh, any idea how I, how I could just get it to uh, keep that folder name in place? Thanks a lot. My not in the uh, not in the finder window. It it will always do exactly what you're finding, Un unless you mount the drive first. Now you could you could have it auto mount, or what I like to do with that stuff is I just drag it down to my dock, and I'm talking about the right hand portion of the dock near the trash can there. You can drag mm -hmm. folders or servers or either or both down there, and I I do it all the time, and you just click and boom, up it comes. So. Um, works out very well yeah or i was goofing around i mean you can you know it's kind of nasty you don't want to do too many of this but you can just put the the shortcut on your desktop yeah that'll work too yeah you know i verify yeah, i've never tried to put something in the in the finder toolbar and actually i was kind of surprised at the behavior that it goes to a question mark immediately which is kind of nasty so uh you know the dock or the desktop or even in another folder uh you know it'll it'll keep it around and it won't Go question mark, which could be kind of disconcerting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Mark writes in. Hello, John. Hello, Dave. This is Mark from Hamburg, Germany. First, congrats on show 100. Very yeah, okay. Uh, Dave, you mentioned <laughs> that you use a MacBook Pro. No, we we do appreciate that stuff. I just want to move on. Uh, use a MacBook Pro as your main machine, and you have it connected to an external monitor and probably a FireWire drive for automatic backups. That's true. It's also connected to a keyboard and mouse, a Log uh, Logitech wireless thing couple of printers, uh, a couple of USB drives, etc. Anyway, moving back. Uh, Mark says, I was using IBM ThinkPads as my PC laptops, and when I came home, I only had to dump them into the docking station, and everything was connected. Now, when I bring home my MacBook Pro, I have to plug in the power, the keyboard, the monitor, my FireWire hard drive, and the iPod dock. This is not only a lot of hassle every time, but otherwise... My otherwise beautiful notebook lies on a table like a, that looks like a, like a stretched-out octopus. <laughs> Could you at some point discuss some setups to make this less painful? I was thinking about a wireless keyboard and mouse. I prefer something different than the Mighty Mouse, though. Uh, I also don't know if I could wake up the computer from the wireless keyboard, but maybe there's something more, even more elegant, maybe something like a port replicator. There is one thing that will do this in a, in a, in a well-rounded package. I've never used it, but it's bookends, B-O-O-K-E-N-D-Z. Of course, that'll be linked in the show notes. Um, and it does it, you know... The, the one problem with Macs is that all the ports are on the side. Now, that's great when you're traveling and you don't want to have to wrap things around the back. It, it keeps the laptop mm -hmm. from, from being too deep. But in order to do this, you know, port replicating, you have to plug two things in on either side. So it does make your computer a little bit wider. Uh, but that's just a fact of the matter. The... Uh, that, and, and it will do all of that stuff. It, it totally built in and, and you just drop your computer in it and close it and at least from what i've seen that's how it works however yeah, and they're they're a fine piece of engineering for the design that mm -hmm. wasn't ever intended to be docked which that's right i gotta concur that you know the the dells that i've though actually the current dell that i have which is an inspiron 9400 did not have a dock 
the one I had before that, which was a Precision M60 or all that. And that yep. is a re- it, it is a really nice feature. And actually, the dock I had was like the, the Super Geek dock. It had not only all the ports on the back, but it also had a PCI slot inside of it. So it was kind of a chunky little dock. Uh, and I think it had a port for a CD drive and all that. But it's it's so convenient. So, But i got to give the bookends guys credit. It's looking at what they, they've been able to do with uh, Apple's design is, uh, is pretty impressive. And I, I've yeah. seen a few different companies do dock-like things. But I think Bookends has been around long enough. We've seen them you know, time oh, yeah. and time again at the uh, at the shows uh, that I think these guys uh, consider the experts in, in a dock if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, if you don't want a dock, now you can certainly mitigate a lot of that stuff by consolidating all – and this is what I've done. I, I have one FireWire cord that plugs into my Mac and one mm-hmm. – USB cord that plugs into my Mac and those each go to hubs that then have everything else plugged in my iPod cables, my printers, my hard drives, etc, etc. And that way it does make it simpler. I mean, I'm still plugging in, I think, four or four or five things when you get to speakers and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. at least I'm not I don't have all these USB cables just floating around my desk that I'm fighting with. So you, you can certainly do that. And that, that's a a a cheaper solution and b something that you can you know sort of decide on your own okay here's what i need here's what i don't need etc but uh bookends does make them i believe for all of the macbook pros i know they make them for the 15 and i believe they make them for the 17 too but you yep. can check it out no, i was looking bookends uh all, all the macbooks as far as i can see here uh macbook pro macbook white Mac- yep so looks like the whole product line they've Sweet. uh they've updated their uh the things now. Also, the wireless thing is kind of interesting too. Now, I, I know, yeah, I, I believe both the uh, the Mighty Mouse and uh, and the the wireless keyboard from Apple at this point are uh, Bluetooth mm. wireless devices. So yeah, now yeah, wireless is always a way. Though I uh, I think as he hinted, uh, that wireless devices may not have the oomph to uh, carry signals like "Please wake up." Well, that's interesting. Or do they... they? I've I've never used the Bluetooth devices so. I believe the Bluetooth devices will, but remember, most of the wireless devices that are available out there aren't Bluetooth at all. They're RF, and mm. they simply talk to a little receiver that sits on your transceiver that sits on or under your desk and then plugs in USB to your computer. And yes, mm. a USB keyboard can wake up your Mac, so a wireless you know a wireless keyboard that connects USB can wake up your Mac. I do it all the time. Um, so that yeah, it 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 should. All the wireless stuff that's available for the Mac should should wake it up without problem. They have to wake themselves up, and then it's it's just that simple. So, are we ready yeah. to move on? Okay. Don writes, "I really need your help on editing some old home movies. The situation is that about a year ago, in my pre-Mac days, I took home all of my movies on I took all of my home movies on Super 8 video to a local service and had them converted to five DVDs." I now want to be able to do some basic editing of those old movies and can't quite figure out how to work with all the video editing tools that come with the MacBook Pro. Additionally, I purchased Toast 8. The partial list of the directory on the DVD I'm working with includes a video TS folder, which then has a bunch of BUP, IFO, and and VOB files in it. Which program would you recommend I use to read these source DVDs, cut and paste the video segments, and burn new DVDs? Okay, so these aren't protected DVDs. But you need to, you still need to rip the content off of them and convert it into a format that I, mm-hmm. IDVD can use, uh, and that is uh, .dv. That that's the only format I believe that that I, I'm sorry, not IDVD, that iMovie will read. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you need to convert the stuff into that format and then pull it in. Uh, if you're using Final Cut Express or Final Cut Pro, it'll it'll accept other formats. But you need to do that. So the best, the the best way or the quickest way I thought to do it was to use an app that I've that I already have called Handbrake. Uh, now Handbrake will also do the same thing with copy protected DVDs, but uh, but that doesn't matter. You just just don't have it convert. Have it you know do the raw stream so that you're not losing any of your data quality, and then you can pull it in and edit it as you like, and then burn it back out. So. I, I think, and, and Handbrake is free, but I think FFmpeg, uh, and there's a there's at least one uh, GUI for it. FFmpeg is a command line tool, but FFmpeg X should do that uh, as well and may be a little bit faster about it. But I think Handbrake uses FFmpeg behind the scenes in some way, shape, or form. 
but uh that's, yeah, that's I my that from that. a past a past show. Yeah. So the bottom line is the the I guess the VOB files is the uh, on a DVD or not in a format that you can really edit. No. Just sad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean they're not they're not it's not built that way. Uh, DVDs were built as read-only devices. And certainly mm-hmm. movies were. So um I don't know if you saw yesterday, John, the, uh, or not yesterday, Friday, I guess. Apple released an update for MacBook and MacBook Pros that supposedly fixes battery problems on some of them. And oh, yes, I saw that. Oh, battery problems and computers. I've yeah. Never... <laughs> now, this, is, this isn't this isn't melting, you know, burn down your house, blow up the airplane batteries. Uh, this is just <laughs> this is just batteries that have problems holding a charge, essentially, or showing up at mm-hmm. all on your Mac. Um, and this update will come down automatically with software update or so they say it didn't for me. I had to mm-hmm. do it manually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also started a, a battery exchange program for all. Uh, for well, potentially eligible uh, to basically anybody that bought a MacBook Pro between uh, when they came out, a MacBook or MacBook Pro between when they came out and the end of April, which is today, end of April two thousand seven. So mm-hmm. clearly, there there's a problem here. Now, I had an issue with my MacBook Pro, my first MacBook Pro battery, where it uh, when it got down to a sixty six percent charge, the machine would just die. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that meant, yeah, it was a known issue. They had a bunch of batteries right out of the gate that had a couple of bad cells. And so it would, you know, use the first two Mr. cells Report. and then yeah, boom. Yeah. Right. And they were charged. They just wouldn't spit power out or maybe there was some wiring issue mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Uh, hmm. So they sent me a new one, but it's never worked right either. And after this past week down, uh, down in Florida, visiting the in-laws and having a grand time, uh, I realized that my battery, I don't get any warnings on it. It's. You know, if I look at the battery capacity, it's ranging wildly from like 2,500 milliamp hours to 4,900 milliamp hours and just bouncing all over the place. And so I called Apple yesterday. uh, And when I called up, and I had no idea that this thing had been released Friday. You know, I didn't really pay attention to a lot of what happened on Friday. We were out most of the day. And then we flew home Saturday. And uh, one of the options, the first option was, if you're calling about the MacBook or MacBook Pro battery issue, press (laughs) 1. It's like... Huh. Okay. It you know. read your mind. Yeah, it was awesome. And the woman that picked up the phone said, uh, can I have your serial number? And I read her my serial number. And she says, oh, since your serial number starts with a W, you must be calling about the battery issue. And I said, well, I'm calling about a battery issue, uh, you know, but I don't know. Is there something new? And as it turns out, one of the issues that this battery thing solves is exactly what I had. So I'm glad I didn't call in the middle of last week or try to walk into the Naples Apple store uh. because I would have had to, uh, I'm sure I would have had to explain a whole lot more than I did to this woman. And she asked me mm-hmm. a couple of the symptoms and, uh, and I said, yeah, that that's me. And so she said, okay, we'll ship you a new battery. And then you just put the old one in the box and ship it back. So. Sounds like good, uh, good damage control. Yeah. That, that was my first call to Apple. Uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. my second call. Now, go ahead. To interject yeah. with batteries, if we want to talk batteries, do you do you run X battery? Mm-hmm. I you run should. I run coconut battery sometimes. Okay, X battery is one of my favorite uh, utilities. Uh, Jeremy Keyser writes yep. it, and it shows you battery level, battery voltage, battery amperage, and battery capacity. But it shows it in these nice historical graphs that go back. Hours, days, weeks, depending on what you're measuring. Yep. But it's a a great tool, and I think it, it may be uh, if you were running this, you may have been able to uh, clear because it also shows, uh, you know, various like low level stats of the battery and yeah. stuff like that, and and like flags and all these things. So I think that may have, you know, helped helped you zero in on this problem because huh. it probably would have showed a precipitous drop in one of the, you know settings there right or, or just you, you would have noticed that wait i got this amperage and this voltage and and it's reading 50 percent, huh yeah so uh, it's a great utility and uh you know we'll link to it of course but uh but i run it just just to uh get an idea of what my batteries are doing well, that's smart how they're that's draining good. and stuff yeah okay all right so moving on my second call if you'll remember back mm-hmm. in uh, december when we came home from our last vacation uh I had an iPod 
that wouldn't work in the air. And it was because the, the hard drive Ooh, wasn't the hard up to drive. Spec. Right. Atmospheric uh, yep. kind of wackiness there, huh? So I called Apple, but this is back then, and explained the problem. And once they grokked it, they said, oh, yeah, just send it in and, and we'll deal with it. And so mm. I sent it in and they sent it back. And, uh, you know, it worked fine, but I hadn't used it on a plane. It's basically. Did you, did you get a new one back or a different uh, one? Or did they I got pop this, in a new hard drive? Or I assumed what? that they popped in a hard drive because I got the same okay. iPod back, but it had none of its data on it. Well. Okay. But you recognize the case and all that? Same so. serial number. Yeah. Oh, okay. So new hard drive, but because it sounded like it was a marginal hard drive. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. we, get in, we get in the air. Same thing happens. And I thought, man. And so I called them now, up. Which which airline? Was it the same? No. <laughs> I measure nice. cause, causation factors here. That's right. Yeah. So okay. I called anyway. up I called up Apple when I was done with the battery thing. I called them back and you know, I had to get into the iPod queue and I explained to them what happened and they're like, Oh yeah, we didn't do anything to it when you sent it in last time. The, the records show that they put it on the bench, they tested it, and they sent it back. I'm like, well, was the bench in the air? Because I, we all knew what the problem was. I, you know, there's, there's nothing new here. And, they could have uh, conceivably done like a pressurization uh-huh. test maybe, like like to resemble the circumstances under which you had the problem. Yeah, or they could have just re- trusted me and replaced the drive. You know, replace the hard drive. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This sounds like my power book fiasco. Yeah. And, and so I said, okay. And she said, well, we, now we need to send you to level two tech support. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> and I'd called up with the issue number that I, I, or the you know, case number that I'd had in, uh, in December and which was good. You know, it had all the history in the system. Mm-hmm. So I get to this level two tech and we talk about it and he says, okay, yeah, well, it sounds like we need to bring it back here. He says, and he, he goes offline, you know, he puts me on hold and he comes back. He says, okay, well, we've got two problems. One is that you're more than 90 days since the last, uh, you know, since this was repaired and you're 33 days out of your warranty on this thing. And I told him, I was really nice. I said, listen, you know, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that you have your policies and you're just doing your job. And now I'm here to explain to you why they don't apply in this case, you know, and uh, that's exactly what I said to him. And then, of course, I went and explained the, the obvious, you know, I couldn't test it. I assumed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And once I got to the, the end of my explanation, he paused for about a second or two and he says, all right, well, I need to put two exceptions into the system now. So it's going to take me a little while and I'll be back in about five minutes and then uh, we'll get you your, your, on your way. And it was great. So, uh, you know, presumably tomorrow or the next day, I'll get a box to ship this iPod back and we'll mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Now, I am going to WWDC in, in June. I think that's my next uh-huh. plane ride. So I will uh, I will I will be certain to bring it and test it then. Now, in order to test it on the airplane, though, I had to get on the plane first. And I mentioned this TSA hack. <sighs> TSA? They're the friendliest, most accommodating. I mean, they just whip you right through there. No, I hate flying, too. Are you done? Uh, <laughs> okay, so we all know, we've discussed that I'm not me, but someone with my name is on the no-fly list. And what that means is that oftentimes, like really it should be every time, but if I'm flying an airline that I've flown before, then... Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can pass me right through and I can do the online check-in and all that stuff. But certainly if I'm flying an airline for the first time or uh, if it's been a while or whatever, I am forced to go. I can't do online check-in. I can't do curbside check-in and I can't do the automated, you know, kiosk Mm -hmm. check-in. I have to go to the the desk. So I had tried online check-in on Friday. We were flying AirTran home. We flew JetBlue down. We flew AirTran home. (laughs) I hadn't flown AirTran in in years. Uh, And that, that was a good thing. Uh, so we I tried online on Friday and couldn't, wouldn't work. So went up to the, the gate and the woman's like, did you try the, the computer here? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she said, well, you have to try it. And I said, it's not going to work. And she said, well, just try it. And so I did. And I showed her, I'm like, it doesn't work. Okay. And I told her, I said, I'm on the no fly list or someone with my name is and she, oh, okay, fine. So she says, uh, what I'm going to have to do is split you and your family up. Uh, so that your family's on one reservation what? and you're on another. And I said, no, 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 no. And she says, what? no. And then it was weird because she says, no, you'll still sit together, but your reservations will be dis- different. And she looked me straight in the eye and she said, trust me, sir, this is better. 
And so I said, okay. Now, two years ago, which is the last time I was in Naples, we flew home on JetBlue. We flew down on JetBlue as well. But uh, when Mm -hmm. we flew home on JetBlue, the whole family got tagged for the the four S's on our boarding passes, which meant we had to go through the security oh, hoopla with the highlighter. Yeah, yeah. No, almost... no highlighter. Just the just the four S's oh, on the. Mine board. had the highlighter the last time I got that, yeah. which is like, ooh, what a ooh yeah. secret. S is for secret. That means you have to go through extra extra security. You, you got to go through the manual security. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if you ever see those, be, prepare yourself. So the, the while she was in the back clearing my name, uh. My my family printed out their boarding passes. So the two kids and Lisa got their boarding passes. I looked because I always look and there were no S's on them. Okay, fine. So she comes out and she mm-hmm. says, okay, you're clear. Now you have to go to a kiosk and print out your thing. And I did. And mm-hmm. mine had the S's on it. I said, can you take these off? And she said, no, I can't. And so in addition to when you go through manual screening, you know, they, they wand you. But then they also mm-hmm. dig through all of your personal effects, you know, and, oh, and pat fun. you down. What's and, this? What's this? Right. What's this? And they, and they massage you. Let me explain you and, every device in my bag. And which... all that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I knew the kids didn't have, Lisa and the kids didn't have the S's. And so what we mm-hmm. normally do is one parent goes through, then the kids go through. Because we each have to go through individually. But we like to have a parent on mm-hmm. either side. And then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, once the kids are through, the last parent goes through. So, right, you, you figured this out. We sent Lisa through, and then we sent the kids through. And once they were through, we all knew what was going to happen to me. And, uh, and so I went through, and the, they said, well, you need to go. I said, yeah, okay, fine. And I didn't put up a stink this time. But, uh, it, but so I go over there, and then, uh, of course, Lisa collects all of our stuff and, and you know, walks away. Because she didn't want to be like waiting right there, but she knew to you know walk away a little mm-hmm. bit. And so the guy wands me. He says, "Did the detector go off?" I said, "No, just just this." He says, "Okay." So he wands me, and and uh, he says, "Okay, you're good, but I am going to need to go through your bag." And at that point, I was able to say, "I don't have a bag." And he says, "You don't have a bag?" And I said, "No, no, I don't have a bag." And he says, "Oh, well, what about your shoes? You ha- you must have shoes." I said, "Well, I do, but my family's got them, and uh, you know they're around the corner." So. Mm-hmm. We went around the corner and got my family, and they sure enough had my shoes, which, uh, you know, at least the guy took and brought back and then swabbed for explosives and looked inside them to make sure that there were nothing left after my family could have easily cleared them out. Uh, it's just, it's so ridiculous that we, the terrorists have won. That's it, right? I mean, if they've got us taking off our shoes and having grown men take jobs to massage and fondle other grown men, the terrorists mm-hmm. have won. My new name for the TSA, I know what it stands for, you know, John. Hmm? What? Touching sensitive areas. Oh, I, well, I actually had a TSA person tell me what it really stands for. Yeah. Take scissors away. Very I am nice. dead serious. <laughs> it was shortly after. I was at Bradley, and I was, uh, uh, maybe he'll get fired, who knows. But I, I was there, and I was just commenting. It was shortly after, you know, the horrible events of 9-11 and all that. And I just commented, oh, TSA, hey. I'm, uh, I said something like, you know, sharp uniform, looking good. or, you know, And he, I didn't think he heard me. And then afterwards, he's like, were you talking to me? Like, almost like the, were you talking Uh-oh. to me? Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, I'm just saying, you know, you guys, you know, you're looking sharp. You're doing your, you know, hope you're enjoying your new job and all that stuff. And he's like, let me tell you something. You know what TSA stands for? And I'm like, no. And he's like, take scissors away. And I'm like, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're an employee. But again, it was the post-trauma stress and all that. So I'm sure it was just, you know, humor in the face of adversity. But, of course. But still. The oh, terrorists man, have won. It's ridiculous. Dave, uh, you and I both do this, I think. If I travel to Boston, I don't fly. I take the train. The oh, train, yeah. you hop on. You got a nice comfy seat. You got an AC outlet. Yeah. You don't have internet, but. And nobody takes your piece away. (laughs) What? (laughs) No. Piece of what? (laughs) Your piece. Uh, How are we doing here? Uh, We're, uh, we're, we're almost done here. Your mojo. Yeah, no, we're good. So, I, you know, if anybody knows, I got to call the TSA and figure out how to, how to deal with this no fly list thing. Take me off the list, please. You would think the number of times you've gone through and you're not. The bad, the, the evil Dave I'm Hamilton. Not the, I'm not the bad. You know, it, I mean, they Doesn't should they take common names just piece of data? off the list. I don't know. They do. That's what they do. They they look at my license and figure out that my birth date is different from the evil, nefarious Dave Hamilton's birth date. And then they let me go through. It's like, you know, why don't you just let me go through? I, I mean, you know, really what they should do is they should make 
firearms compulsory on the airplane. They should make make you go through the metal detector. If you don't have a gun, they'll give you one and force you to take it on the plane. Because I tell you what, 9-11 would not have happened if everybody on that plane was carrying a gun. Now, I'm not a oh. I'm not a proponent of firearms. I don't own a gun. I uh, I've I don't know that I've even ever fired a gun. But uh, but there's something to be I said. I have. They're fun. Yeah, I don't know that so I we're, have. So we're gonna get a couple. I'm gonna call uh, TMO Legal because we're gonna mm. get a couple of calls. We're gonna get a call from the TSA and right. the NRA. I that's think right. We're gonna have very different things to talk about. That's right. One of them will be really happy with us, and the other will be uh, will want to have a one-on-one conversation. So Dave and I are going to be on the lam for a while. <laughs> At least Dave's another week. Be, Dave is going to be uh, coming in from an undisclosed location. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so next right. week, we've got more questions to go through. I want to talk about something that our show last week inspired with my whole Apple II experiences and... Uh, and, oh, Michael Johnston, the gentleman who so deftly converts this show into AAC for your listening and viewing pleasure, uh, mm-hmm. has uh, has started a little site called iPhonealley.com with uh, news about the iPhone as it comes out, but also forums and comments. And, uh, and it, it's a cool little place to check out, iPhonealley.com, just like you would think, and it'll be in the show notes. And I'm sure Michael will put it right here. In the AAC file. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cashfly hosting Here. is where you've downloaded this show. The podcast marketplace this month includes A5 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, Yojimbo from Barebones Software, and PDF Pen from Smile on My Mac. And PDF Pen, we were talking about before, is forty nine ninety five, I believe. Uh, so a- excellent at that price point. Uh, Backbeat Media Podcast Network is the place to go to download this show. But it's also the place where you go if you want to advertise on this show or any of the others, including MacCast, uh, This Day in Apple History, Ricky Spiro and Jeff Gammett's Apple Weekly Report, Coverville, Evil Genius Chronicles, you name it. There you go. Uh, I think that's it, John. You got anything else? I got nothing. I got to get some sleep. I'm I'm exhausted today. It was a a tough day back at work for the first time, you know. Yeah, we had to probably had a boatload of email. I did, yeah. But it's all right. It's uh, it's all good. So, mm. all right, we're uh, we're out of here. Portable Media Expo, September twenty eighth through thirtieth, and uh, I believe I John and I down. will be there. You, you better write that down. We have our hotels. I already. believe I will be there. Excellent. Believe. That's what you need to do. Just believe, and you will be there. Like mm-hmm. book hotel and you know airline tickets helps too. Make sure you get California, not Canada. <laughs> You know what people in Canada do? What's that? They don't get caught.